The last 20 years have seen an explosion of cool tech, shiny digital apps, and progressive business models, but not all have migrated successfully to traditional banking. Have we lingered too long in the glittering halls of cutting edge? Have we forgotten the real goals of reliable, trustworthy, and functional banking? Is it time to find the real magic in building a bank that works? Welcome to Functional Banking Magic, a podcast that aims to tell the stories of the magic in a bank that works. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Functional Banking Magic from The Banker. And today we are looking at a passport for fintech partnerships. Now, this is a, a really interesting episode coming up because um, those of you uh, those of you who know who are fans of the podcast that we are dedicating 2023 exclusively to stories about bank fintech partnerships um, and all of the issues involved with, uh, with with those types of stories. So when I saw this uh, earlier in the year, it was I thought this would fit perfectly into our into our theme for functional banking magic. So you know, uh, partnering with, with with fintech startups and, and large in, incumbent banks um, has been uh, an, an issue for a number of years. Um, but earlier this year, a startup called Tech Passport co-created a set of enterprise ready questions along with 14 global banks. And these questions allow fintech companies to learn the key metrics financial institutions use to influence their vendor selection process. This new level of transparency allows even the smallest startup to sell to the largest of institutions to become enterprise ready. And for those of you who have ever worked with large banks and fintech startups, you know that that is music to everyone's ears. So we have wonderful guests uh, joining me, myself, Liz Lumley from The Banker today. And this is uh, Lila White, CEO and founder of Tech Passport, and Sean Monahan, head of business development, managing director in the innovation group at Morgan Stanley. Lila and Sean, hello. Hello, lovely to see you. Lovely to be here today. Hello, good morning. Great to be with you. Yeah, good morning, good afternoon. We are global, so for whatever it is the morning or afternoon in your time, we, we welcome you. Thank you both both for coming here. So I'm going to ask a first question, which I think I think we all kind of know the answer to, you know, kind of the, the pace of fintech onboarding at large incumbent banks. Um, I hate to say, I hate to ask the question, how big a problem is this? But Lila, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with you. How big a problem is this? Um, I think it's certainly from my experience, like when I started Tech Passport, I knew what the problem size was within the bank that I was working in um, and quickly realized that actually every single bank, every single financial institution, you know, regulated from a from a financial perspective and probably actually broader than that, um, they're all having the same kind of challenges. Like, how do you find the right startup? How do you find the right supplier? Mm. And how do you work with them faster? Um, so it's, it's definitely a global challenge that I think that's being faced. And there are standout themes here. You know, um, these are regulated entities that need to be able to protect their customers, that need to be able to give assurances to the regulators that are doing everything properly. But And then on the other side, you've got this shiny new startup with this amazing technology um, that a bank like Morgan Stanley want to work with. Um, but it's, it's challenging and there are blockers. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I think, um, a challenge that's felt across the whole of the sector um, and the experiences are very different you know mm. the, 
the challenge for a bank is like, how do I work with them faster, but I make sure that um, I'm protecting the bank, I'm protecting my customers. And then from a startup perspective, as you probably know, Liz, um, there's always a, a finite amount of runway that a startup has. Mm. So it's really like, how do you start to speed that up to make it worthwhile for both parties? Mm. I know, I, I agree. I've had lo lots of conversations about the, uh, the the quick no is better than the slow maybe that uh, that happens a lot in some of in some of these relationships but it, it's very interesting it's kind of like that notion of speed is I think different in different contexts so so Sean I'll go to you as as, as part of the incumbent banking world you know what is it, it, it how do you see that speed and the the slower fastness of, of, of fintech onboarding how, where do you see some of the issues well first uh Again, Liz, it's great to be here, Leila. It's great to see you, as always. Um, let me let me start by framing this uh, in a story that we all understand. Uh, we all know the story of Goldilocks: uh, too hot, too cold, and just right. Uh, when we meet with startups, uh, especially earlier <clears throat> startups, um, they're very excited. They're very excited about the products they built, and they should be. And they should be proud about them. We're happy to always partner with them, uh, but they may not be ready for the enterprise. They may not have the right controls, entitlement, security. They may not have, um, quite candidly, maybe the right pro products to integrate with our existing systems, right? And then you have later stage companies that may have everything that's needed, scale, growth, entitlement, control, uh, but they may not be willing to or wanting to necessarily negotiate on the terms that banks have uh, because of the regulations that we, we have to make sure we're abiding by. So you have this kind of, Two ends of the spectrum, and you have just right. And just right is a very challenging place to get to, both for the startups as well as for the incumbents. But we all want to get there. And so often that is, do you guide them on this journey up, uh, or do you find them on that more scale journey? And, and that's that's quite it's quite a challenging problem. Uh, and there are, my last count, almost 10,000 fintechs in the environment and in the world globally that have to sort through to understand not just their value, because there's probably a lot of value there, but is there value ready for companies such as ours? It's very interesting you have that number 10,000. I had this this image of people at banks saying, find out who the 10,000 are, put together a list tomorrow. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to, 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 to look at that, that ecosystem. I mean, Layla, I'll, I'll turn back to you because I'm really interested to know you know, exactly how Tech Passport fits into this problem. How does it work? So um, you, you mentioned earlier, Liz, that um, we co-built um, a series of questions with, um, with, with banks through our think tank. Um, and so we, we started off with a think tank um, just over a year ago, I think, Sean, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and, and Sean was part of that original group. And we basically sent, went to them and said, you guys are the industry experts and you're feeling this pain every single day. So we don't want to be prescriptive and tell you how we think we should evolve this platform. Like, how, how should we fix it for you guys? Um, and so actually the key thing came out, you know, to Sean's point, which is how do we find the right startup, not just from, um, from a, a use case perspective, but actually, are you ready to work with us? Um, and so the banks work with us on a set of enterprise ready questions. Um, and they're not the full onboarding questions because let's be clear, like not every bank is going to sign up to the same questions. Every mm -hmm. single bank is different and they're going to have different requirements. Mm -hmm. But what I found was really inspiring and amazing was that all of these banks came together and said, you know what, this isn't about competition. This is about how do we work better together? Like, how do we find a way to make it easier for every single person? Because we're all going to get the value out of it. Um, 
and they said actually by having a set of must-have questions um, and the suppliers answering that information up front, it helps us to find that just right porridge, basically. Um, and so we, we built the platform, we, we revised the platform based upon that. Um, and I think it's the value. Um, I'll let Sean talk to the value later because mm. I think I, that's probably best hearing it from Sean. Um, but I certainly can talk to it from the value from a startup's perspective or a fintech's perspective. You know, it's really, really important to um, be able to demonstrate that you're ready to work with um, a large entity or even a smaller entity, but one that's regulated. Um, and to be able to fast track some of that engagement process, because as I said, you know, that um, runway is often not that long. Um, so by having those enterprise ready questions, you can demonstrate you're ready, or if you're not quite there yet, you can work out how you need, you can be ready. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of the key thing in our platform, um, amongst other things, but it's providing access to high fidelity suppliers that we know that our financial institutions can consume. Um, so that's the key thing for us. So yeah, I'm going to stay with you for a bit because I have a follow-up question because I, I just, you know, for the, the audience knows that I, I used to work, uh, I used to be managing director of startup bootcamp. So I spent a lot of time um, with startups of, of various degrees of maturity and also various levels of ambition. And sometimes those things weren't kind of matched up equally at the same place. I mean, would would it be useful in, in from the startup's side using this framework, using some of these enterprise-ready ready questions, would it be useful in get, like giving them a clue about whether or not they're at the right stage of their development to start pitching to a bank like like Morgan Stanley or, or some of these big, you know, large large incumbent banks? It, does it does it help them in in their their growth process? Absolutely, Liz. I mean, um, we we don't want to discriminate against startups that who are maybe at fifty percent mm -hmm. um, and not quite there, but I think. Um, through the training materials that we, we're developing and the advice that we provide, actually, it gives them a really good guide. You know, if I'm going to go and sell into a large bank, if I'm only hitting 50%, actually, I'm probably going to struggle to be able to be ready and demonstrate to the bank that, mm. you know, I, I've got a great product, but everything's going to be secure as well. Um, and so having that guide and having that score, um, your enterprise ready score is really, really key. And I think the other the other value um, with this as well is, it's first, I can talk from a startup perspective. If you've got a startup that maybe is like under 10 or under 20 people in the team, even when you're bigger than that, you're immensely busy. And mm. having to repeat the information over and over and over again is really time consuming. Um, and you, get, you end up getting, getting drowned in all the admin. So really the value for a startup perspective is actually you enter this information once, you get your score. If you've got a great score, it's great. You can hopefully move forward and be, you know, attract a bank like Morgan Stanley or another bank. Um, but if you haven't got that great score, at least you know there's a path to where you need to follow to be able to get the score and then to become more attractive as well. Mm. So, Sean, I'd love to know, you know, how does it work from the from the bank perspective? Does it help you put together better shortlists or uh, how, how, how does the, the bank kind of use it? No, I think there's two two immediate benefits. Um, benefit one, as Leia described, because it's a uh, multi-sided marketplace, we're able to understand what's out there and available to us immediately. And as Leo suggested, I don't want to see a startup come into the firm and fail. That's the last thing I want, right? I want these fintechs to succeed. We need that market innovation flowing through the ecosystem. But what I do, do want to be is always congruent with what we're able to do with them at any point in time. So by understanding where those startups are on their journey uh, to enterprise readiness, it gives us insight into how we may be able to use them. So case in point, 
we may be able to uh, have them immediately sign our NDA to the Lamos platform instantly without any type of legal back and forth. That's a great benefit to both the startup and certainly mm-hmm. to the incumbents, right? Less, less labor intensive process, intensive process. Second is trial agreements. Getting to immediate trial agreement to allow us to have access to their technology, their product for the capability to test, evaluate, and experiment with their product instantly. Again, without having to go back and forth between lawyers and, and product and sales will give us an immediate benefit in terms of knowing not only how we're able to connect to these companies, how we're able to experiment with these companies, but also a deeper understanding appreciation for how Morgan Stanley is, in fact, across the firm, leveraging these companies. It gives us visibility now across all of our businesses in terms of who is connecting to what startups for what purpose to solve what business problem. So there's there's many benefits that we see uh, already out of this platform. Interesting. So, Sean, I'm going to stay with you. Going back to the beginning, you know, how did the partnership between Tech Passport and Morgan Stanley come about? Layla will keep me honest, but my recollection was this was an inbound introduction. We did it a little bit old school. We had a mutual connection at the firm uh, where I was introduced to Layla about four years ago. Uh, and she sat in my office and we started talking about you know, the problem that existed and that for 20 years, Morgan Stanley has been focused on how do we connect the best market innovation to the firm at the right time at the right moment. Uh, and I have a team dedicated to doing that across all dimensions of technology, enterprise tech, fintech, digital tech. Uh, and Layla said, well, how's that going? And I said, well, it, <laughs> it's going. Uh, but it, like, I think what we've identified here is my team meets with hundreds of companies per year, but we have a dedicated investment team that is specifically focused on doing that. Not every highly regulated firm has that mm-hmm. in their shop, and not everybody has the same type of experience of 25 years to build on the set of knowledge to establish the connectivity of the VCs. And even with all of that, it was still a challenge. It was still a challenge with not necessarily always identifying the right startup, but then how do we ensure they have the right capabilities? They have the right needs, they're, they're set up the right way and in a consistent or consistent way that was easy for them to lay this point, to tell us their story, to tell us how they might fit, how they might support us and work with us and also what they have available to us today that meets certain level of control, security, and entitlements. So we met with them on the journey. And I said, well, this would be wonderful. Do you have it available today? And she said, no, but I'm working. <laughs> and so uh, that was the beginning of the journey. And from there, obviously, we spent a lot of time with Layla and her team. And, and as she mentioned, advising and developing that product to the benefit of not just Morgan Stanley, but any highly regulated enterprise or any enterprise for that matter, Liz. Mm-hmm. So Layla, I mean, is that, I mean, how are other banks using Tech Passport? Is it is it very similar to the Morgan Stanley experience? It is, Liz. Um, and I think, you know, what we're finding is it's not just large banks. You know, we we onboarded last month um, a much smaller bank in the UK. Um, I don't think I can say their name yet. Um, oh, but we're, no. going through, oh, we're going please. through approvals. <laughs> we're going through approvals. But they're a very, in the UK, very, very well-known um, building society. Um, so it shows you, like, the depth and the breadth. Um, in terms of where the challenges are based and where they're seeing the value of the platform. Um, And I think the other thing that we're starting to see, um, and Sean, we were talking about this the other day, is actually how users are using it from an RFI perspective. Um, So rather than having to do like a fully fledged RFI, actually a lot of the data you need is on the platform already and it's really data rich. Um, And so being able to trim down on the suppliers to take forward to RFP is helping massively. And I think the other key thing that we're getting from it is 
the banks are all kind of, they're seeing this as, as part of an opportunity to be part of a change. I think that's, that's what I'm kind of getting, you know, they, they, you know, from the think tank and then through signing up, it's actually, we can be part of this change. We can all get the value from it. Um, and we know that there are suppliers on there that might have been invited by other banks on there. It's all anonymous, but you're all getting that value because you're all looking to try and do similar kind of things in different kind of areas. But by taking out that kind of um, the competitiveness from the think tank, it's just an opportunity to really drive change across the whole of the sector, which is really, really key. Um, so I think the data seems to be really important, the speed and the agility and being able to execute those contracts. Um, and ultimately, from I think from a financial institution's perspective, it's being able to execute um, opportunities that ultimately drive revenue opportunities, but in a risk approach, with a risk approach to it as well, mm -hmm. by ensuring that you're not putting any of your clients at risk too. Um, so that's kind of how we're seeing it across across the landscape. But um, we've got a couple of other use cases stories coming out, which is really interesting. So we are, um, we've just been awarded a major contract. Um, or we've launched actually for an accelerator program. Um, so I think like there's there's definitely a huge amount of value in there in terms of collecting that startup information, that data, and being able to provide it back to financial institutions such as Morgan Stanley. So I mean the 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 these enterprise ready questions uh, you released to the market earlier this year i'm just i'm interested to hear from sean you know in in working with tech, tech passport i mean have you have you seen any any changes any any stories that you can tell about how the bank deals with startups yeah i mean just recently uh, we met as a cross governance group to talk about how we're onboarding software uh, and one of the historical challenges has been as i mentioned earlier what businesses have reached out to what companies to better understand either through trial agreements or NDAs uh, where the opportunities are. So now having that full firm-wide visibility into who's reaching out to whom for what purpose has been extraordinarily beneficial to us. It gives us a much more concrete view in terms of who is running trials, who's leading POCs, what businesses are interested in solving what problem, uh, all the way down into the uh, division level. Uh, that is a huge, benefit to us, just having that visibility. Layla mentioned the RFX process. You know, the, the evolution of this, uh, I can see getting to a point where we now have a full view, uh, cross-industry view of what is out and available to not just Morgan Stanley, but others, uh, how other banks are using different types of utilities and services, uh, how what we might both leverage them, partner with them, and contribute to them uh, in a more thoughtful way. And then as part of our onboarding process, to Layla's point, take advantage of this insight and information to be able to get to a shorter RFX process. Because much of the RFX process really is around identification uh, and understanding, right? What's available and how these vendors and suppliers may, may support uh, or help us to solve a, a very specific problem. Mm -hmm. So it's really multi-dimensional, Liz. Yeah, I wanted to maybe to delve further with you about that, about the other dimensions. I mean, what is, what do you see as the kind of wider sector impact of this? Well, as I mentioned, I think now that we have a standard set of uh, enterprise ready questions across the banks, uh, we all have very similar problems um, in terms of how we onboard uh, startups, how we onboard companies, uh, how do we uh, respond to our regulators uh, as well, in terms of how are we contracting with different companies and to what end, and how are we doing it in a consistent way that we can adequately describe. Uh, 
those are sector-wide and not just financial services sector but I would posit they are across any sector uh, that is regulated. And specifically, it is a global problem, right? It's mm -hmm. not just specific to a jurisdiction. Uh, as you know, uh, each jurisdiction comes with its own uh, types of regulations and rules now that need to be applied for global industries. So to me, this is a cross-sector, cross-industry benefit. We just happen to be first uh, because of that 20 plus years of experience and understanding what those needs were and being able to get to a, a punch list, if you were, of, of questions that allow us to really firmly understand uh, where companies are in that moment in time. Interesting. So, yeah, so Leila, I'm going for the final word. I mean, it's, I wanted to ask you about the uh, sector impact, but I'm kind of intrigued by Sean talking about other regulated industries. You know, where's where's uh, Tech Passport going to go, go next? I think Sean's answered it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, you know, like, um, like any, any founder will tell you, you know, we've got to stay true to our North Star for a while. Um, so for us, it's about making sure we can deliver value across the whole of the financial sector. Um, but to Sean's point, you know, it's any regulated entity um, and probably even further than that. Um, so there is definitely an opportunity for us to look at different entity or different kind of um, sectors. Um, but for us, like our our North Star right now is let's let's make sure that we've got a very, very well populated marketplace that adds value to both sides of the market um, and that can make it easier for onboarding. Um, it makes it easier for banks and financial institutions to make find suppliers. And, and something that's really, really close to me and what we're exploring at the moment is this training element. Um, mm. So we've been doing a bit of work with the UK government around this um, because, you know, across the UK and indeed the US, we've got some of the best universities in the world. Um, and, you know, the next, the next AI um, may be five, ten years away, um, but we've got these great kids coming out of university and we need to make sure that they're prepared and they've got every kind of tool available to them to be able to sell into a financial institution. Um, I think, um, Sean, you had a great analogy um, on that. We were talking a bit earlier, but it's like actually the next the next generation coming out of universities are going to build something amazing. It's going to blow our mind. Um, but they, if they can't sell into a financial institution or a regulated entity, we're setting them up for failure. So within Tech Passport, it's really, really important for us that we help set them up for success. Um, and so they can they can be um, successful. But yeah, Sean, I'll let you tell your analogy because I, I really liked it. <laughs> Thank you, Leila. So I, this is, to me, this is like shopping for a car, right? Um, and oftentimes we meet with startups and they've designed this elegant, beautiful car. It's very specific. It's designed to go fast. It's designed to accelerate and hit a market in a fast way. And so we ask the question, well, this, this looks amazing. It seems like my peers are driving this car already. What can you tell me about the car? Well, I can tell you it goes fast and allow you to accelerate. Great. Does it have brakes? It might. Does it have locks on it? Probably. Does it allow me to take my luggage with me to where I'm going? We can add that. Does it have a key? Oh, it does. Great. Is it a shared key or is it my key? It's a shared key. Oh, who looks after that key? Oh, you do. Is it secured in a, in a lock? It might be. So you can see how quickly it goes from the perspective of it's an incredibly designed, elegant car. And we love the fact that it's a fantastically great car. But we have certain requirements as part of that car that we need to have in order for us to be able to leverage that across our firm, across our business, across our bank. And sometimes you have a sports car that you've designed that we think is wonderful, but we're looking for an SUV mm -hmm. because we need to bring our entire business with us. We need to bring our clients with us in a safe way. 
And so I think this analogy holds true to across any business or any enterprise. And I think for startups, it helps them understand too, it's not that we don't think you, you design something that's a wonderful, beautiful, creative product. We love that, we want more of it. But let us help guide you around what we need along this journey so that we can better partner with you at any point in time. And as I started, I'll end, whether it's early stage, growth stage, or late stage, uh, we want these companies to be successful. And part of this partnership really true is about ensuring that they know at the very beginning, uh, what are the things that they need to do to have the highest chance of success if they truly wanna sell into financial services and partner with us. I think that's a, a perfect note to end on. I think that's an excellent analogy. I might steal that. I just I'm warning you and for, for future future conversations. But Sean and Leila, thank you so much for being my guests on Functional Banking Magic today. It's been a thank pleasure. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leila. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Functional Banking Magic, which runs monthly out of the banker. You can listen to this podcast on thebanker.com, Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast fix. If you would like to be a guest on Functional Banking Magic, you can contact Liz Lumley at elizabeth.lumley at ft.com.